Hello, and welcome to the Innovation Engine podcast. Today, I'm joined by friend and colleague, Chris Hansen, Three Pillars Senior Vice President of Communications, Media, and Technology Portfolio. And today, we're excited to welcome Ben Choder, President of Notified. In addition to leading Notified, he also offers up his lessons learned as the host of the Insights with Ben Choder podcast. Ben has been guiding corporations through the pandemic and promoting engaging online experiences as co-author of Transitioning to Virtual and Hybrid Events. So let's get started. So Ben, it's so wonderful to have you with us today. Listen, let's just kick it off with a first question. I wanna get right into it. With the rapid development of products in the digital world, has there ever been an education gap that you needed to kind of overcome in order to promote this, this idea of digital acceleration? Yeah, I think every step of my career, there's always been a technology education gap. And I can go back to when I co-founded and was CEO of Haptique, which was the first digital health app company, right? Basically, we worked with healthcare organizations. So doctors who not only prescribe medicine, but hey, if you have high cholesterol or you have diabetes, why wouldn't I also prescribe you an app? But there was this whole technology hurdle because it was brand new in the space. So learning what doctors wanted, what healthcare professionals wanted, what patients and how to combine it. And then also, how do you approve? How do you, how do you decide if you go to the Apple you know, store right now, there's probably 600 glucose monitoring apps. How do you decide which one is approved? Which one is safe. Which one are you going to do what the American Dental Association did for toothpaste? Not saying Colgate's better than Crest, just saying that they're both safe for you. So this whole technology education on what is safe and how to use technology was huge for me when I joined or when I started Haptique working in the digital health field, right? So that's one. And when I took over when we did the acquisition of NASDAQ from their PR, IR, and streaming business, well, I have a big experience in streaming. I've been in digital media my, my whole career, but the PR industry was kind of new to me. So how do I get to learn and understand how do you deliver a press release? How do you monitor a press release? What is the power of SEO when you send a press release? Why do organizations... So almost everywhere I've gone, it's always been a learning experience, not only the industry, but even more importantly, how the use of technology differs from business to business, from case study to case study. So yeah. Ben, you mentioned digital health, you mentioned PR. I know that there's some connection to the events industry. All of those particular industries are fairly disruptive and have been disrupted by the pandemic. What have you seen in terms of digital acceleration strategies because of the pandemic from your experience at FTC and now at Notified? Listen, pre-COVID, we were at Notified, the world's largest virtual event and enterprise streaming company, like bar none, you know, 1,500 employees, 17 countries, you know. We do 100,000 broadcasts a year, you know, 27 million people attend our programs. But we finally, during COVID, you crossed the chasm. I mean, it isn't a nice to have, or maybe I'm going to do a, it pushed video to the front. There was thousands of CEOs pre-COVID, never wanted to do video. 
you know, a town hall was an audio call or just physically with people in the room. COVID forced you to be get comfortable with video. And to me, that's the best part, right? Because listen, not only what I can say in a minute video is like a page and a half, two pages typewritten. Not only when I do a video, you can see my eyes and you can see my flexions and you can see my body language. So when I want to give you information that's positive, you can see my passion. When I want to give you information that might not be so positive, you can tell in my eyes if I'm being sincere. You cross the chasm. And the best part for me, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle, right? So going forward, video is going to be a huge component to every enterprise, no matter where you're located in the world. We all want to get back to physical meetings. So I'm not saying Video is the only thing you're going to do. You're not going to get together, but you're not not going to use video. I think there's going to be a trend in IR where listen, every, comp- every publicly co- traded company has to do an earnings audio stream with their earnings release four times a year. My prediction over the next two or three years, they're going to turn to video. So when you're having a good quarter, I can see the, the CEO pound his chest. And when it's not such a good quarter, I can say he has it under control. ESG is is big. So what's the best way to communicate with millennials and Zs? You're going to do video, right? And then if you go to PR or in any industry you want, you're going to embrace video going forward. And that gets me really excited. There's a quote from your book that we find interesting. And you said, people don't have Zoom fatigue, they have content fatigue. And so what does that mean to you and how will understanding this save online meetings? All right, so I think it's pretty simple. Content, 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 content. It is is the story as old as time, right? You need good content. You don't, don't make me spend four hours online with 30 boxes of people and someone giving a didactic presentation. I mean, my my message to the world and to executives and to communication officers, chief marketing officers, time to step up your production game, right? Your content game better get brought to the next level. It's not just about turning on the camera or turning on the microphone and delivering. It is about creating broadcast quality content. And broadcast quality content doesn't mean you have to use expensive cameras and expensive microphones. Broadcast quality content is don't get you're not going to get away with boring, mundane content going forward. So step it up. Ben, I've spoken to you a few times now, and I think that that mantra that you've had about content has really resonated with me. And I've been on enough virtual events and then also gone back to some physical events where I've seen at least an attempt to try and do that. I'm just wondering, are there certain digital products you've seen that you you think can either replicate that sort of human experience, or do you just think there's still a need, digital can't replace that human interaction? All right, first we have to understand it's, it's two audiences. So anyone who tries to say it at the virtual audience and the physical audience, is the same audience is wrong. You know, it's faces in two places, but not faces in two places experiencing the same thing. So one, you're never going to have the same engagement that you do at a physical event where, hey, Chris, if you and I aren't liking the session, you, me, and Jennifer can go leave a session and go grab a drink and have our own meeting. I can have a a true random encounter. I can see an old friend and 
if all the content at the conference is bad, I'm not hopping on a plane and leaving. I'm going to go do something else with you, or I'm going to go up in my room and do work. The virtual world adds an element of complexity. If you don't have good content, I am one click away of never coming back, not leaving a session, never coming back. Plus, a random encounter of you and I doing a video chat with each other is not the same of you and I grabbing a drink together and you know shaking hands. And it's just not the same. It's great, but it's not the same. So you have to look at them as two different audiences. You've got to create your content as if it's two audiences. And what I mean by that is like you can't throw a camera in the back of a ballroom and turn it on and expect the audience at home to have the same experience as the audience there. You got to create content knowing that audience. You got to create engagement knowing that audience. And it's okay if the audience at home has a different experience than the audience there, but don't shortchange either audience. And so I'm seeing the trend is going. I love the term hybrid, but what I don't like about the word term hybrid, people truly think hybrid means same experience virtually as physical. No. Again, when I said you got to up your content game, well, guess what? You got to now think about when I'm creating a physical event that I'm going to use elements of it for a virtual audience. It's two different programs. Like when you watch the Grammys on television, it's not like physically being there. But if virtually when I'm attending the Grammys, and a lot of people have done this in the past, I can go backstage virtually. I can see that little mini press conference afterwards. I can get at any angle I want of the show. That is giving me a special experience as the virtual audience, and it's respecting me as the virtual audience. And if I want to sit back and voyeur, I can voyeur. But allow me the opportunity to engage in my way. But it's a different engagement. Speaking of a different engagement, with the introduction of the metaverse, right, that that came with it an entirely different world of digital media to influence. From a business to business perspective, are there products or digital products that you believe will have an advantage in this kind of a, a virtual marketplace? Okay. So, I mean, I have lots of opinions on, on metaverse and we could speak for right, like three hours. I could spend a hundred hours talking about metaverse. First of all, so far, everything you see about metaverse is like second life seven years ago. I am not putting, and I'm, you guys aren't seeing me, but I have a, a pair of Oculus in my hand, right? And I'm not going to put on an Oculus or Google Cardboard and spend eight hours in a virtual event. And going back to it, I don't need to put on my Oculus to have a one-on-one -on -one animated chat with you, Jennifer. I mean, but where it's really powerful is if a session during your virtual program or even your physical program where let's say it was healthcare and it's mode of action, right? And you want to see how a pill is going to go through someone's body. Nothing's better than the Oculus, right? Or a device or a metaverse. Or if I want to see if it's a, if it's a car show and I want to be able to see the motor and how it runs and get inside it, greatest tool in the world, but it's not 24 seven or eight hours it is for pieces of a program. If I want to see how a product works, it's great. I'm also a huge fan of like augmented reality for elements, but not for the whole show. And people think like, who, who, I don't even know any millennials or Zs who want to put on a pair of Oculus all day. So I think metaverse is just a really good term for us. Like, how are we going to up the game of the virtual world and make it more engaging and give you more tools? I love it for that. I don't need to watch a general session with a pair of Oculus on so I can turn around and see some 
animated or even physical video of, you know, the audience behind me. I think it's a, it's a waste and it's an overkill and you're going to get really bored of it. My opinion. Sorry, I'm scratching off my request to marketing for Oculus for the next podcast episode. <laughs> oh, but come on, that would be compelling. I mean, <laughs> the three of us, you know, we get I, to I think my Oculus. Yeah. I've used my son's Oculus twice, and I'm like, that. You know what? I'm 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 too old for that. <laughs> just, did you get a little, Chris? Did you get a little dizzy? Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's, it's totally not for me. I mean, I do absolutely feel my age when I put one of those wow. on. Um, wow. I'm, I'm telling you, Chris. Any, if you, the greatest video in the world, it's not the greatest TikToks in the world would be someone holding up their iPhone, taking video of anyone over forty playing a you know fighting game on uh, using an oculus because it's the most ridiculous looking thing in the world it's sort of like those tiktoks where they take a millennial or like a gen z and they give them a rotary phone yep. it's sort of i'm the opposite of that i'm like you give me an oculus and i'm lost but yeah we should do that we should absolutely do that tiktok fun i'm with you you me and jennifer we're in there you go. Exactly. Well, well. Speaking of technology, we're we're heading to our speed round, and Ben, we always like to ask these same questions of of each of our guests. So here we go. First thing that comes to your mind: What's your favorite piece of technology? It was an iPod, now it's an iPhone. Oh, what made the change? Well, because now my iPhone is my iPod. So <laughs> maybe I should have said like, when did it make the change? Was the it moment, the moment? The moment. The moment Spotify came out. Oh, okay. I would say it changed the world because I love music. I exercise a lot and being able to have my songs on my iPad, iPhone, it just changed everything. I, iPod changed the world for me because I could have 10,000 songs with me wherever I go. And I travel all the time. And when you're on a plane, pre, you know, internet on a plane, it was a lifesaver. You could have a book on tape. You could have any, it just, it changed my life. I, I, you know what? I always follow trends based upon the New York City subways and what people are using or wearing. And I remember the time where all of a sudden you'd see all the white headphones, like in the mid aughts, and you're, you know, that's the time I should have probably put in whatever money I had in savings. Oh my God, Chris, you brought me back because that's how I judged. I thought I was the coolest guy because I had my white on, and not a lot of people do. And then you saw them go from having those over the head air pieces yep. to as soon as they had a lot of white ones. Cause we all moved from our blackberries, which at the time I thought was the greatest device ever to, yes. to this. And I just, Steve jobs. Thank you. You, you changed my entire life. So, so we're going from cool tech now to old tech. What was your first interaction with the uh, technology that you remember? And that made it Oh, it must've been my first Atari. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, originally I was going to say to you, it was like my first compact computer that was monochrome and you couldn't do anything. in. But I was thinking about this question and I go, you know what? Playing Pong with my, me and my older brother don't really get along really well. But when we got our first Atari, how many hours Pong? You would sit there, greatest thing in the world. Think about it, Pong. All you're doing is moving the cursor up and down. My first time I looked at technology, the world's never going back. I could not agree with you more. I have a vivid memory of the first time I ever played Pong. I have a vivid memory of buying my first Atari 2600 
Yep. I remember the smell of the cartridges. It was it was a glorious time. So Chris, you may answer the the question in a similar way. I, I'd probably I'd, I'd, I agree with you in terms of of pong. That was a it was a good game. It still is. It holds up. It does. <laughs> Even with the metaverse, I, I got to tell you, pong holds well, up. And it's back. People are buying old yeah. Ataris. It's sort of like I told you that iPod changed my life, but at the same point, it made me give up my stereo. Right, and now I want a I want a stereo and I want vinyl again. Not not giving up my music on online, right? But I have this nostalgia thing that I want some vinyl. Yeah, yeah. I have teenagers, and they 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 only buy vinyl. Actually, yep. oh. they they have their 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 music on their on their smart devices, and then they also, if they're going to buy anything, they we've got Jennifer, a stereo. For cool. But on their vinyl, are they doing it through a Sonos where they're listening, or some wireless, um, you know, speaker? But they're not doing it from like a wired speaker, right? They they had done that. They just moved over to the Sonos speaker. So funny that you mentioned okay. the, the Sonos speaker. They had done that for a couple of years. I love that. You have cool kids, man. Yeah, I okay. do. <laughs> I do. So talking about iPhones, what's your most used app on your on your smart device on your iPhone? Other than Slack and yeah, know, and outside of work stuff. Spotify. Yeah, outside of work. Spotify. Spotify. It is. Yeah. I mean, again, you could use any device. I just love Spotify. I had a feeling that was going to be your answer, just based on the conversation, yeah. and I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's probably the most used app on my phone. What's funny is it, it's having an iPhone for now, I don't know, a decade plus. I, I probably have five apps that I use, and probably two hundred apps on my phone that I've never touched in ten years. So yeah. I think I have to do that cleanup. There's there's really only a few that are useful. But after the podcast, I, Chris, uh, I think I'm still paying for apps that are on my iPhone. That <laughs> Because my wife every couple months goes, what are all these charges on you know on Apple on our Amex? And I you scratch your head and go, I don't know. Last time I used that app, I, I saw that on social media. I don't know if it was LinkedIn or Facebook. God forbid I say TikTok, but it was uh, it was somebody saying like the random. I, I get charged two ninety nine, four ninety nine, and six ninety nine every single month from from Apple, and I have no idea what it's for. Which which proves that Apple has gone from being a hardware company and a software company to a subscriptions company. Absolutely. So Ben, in terms of so a lot of great advice here, as I said, you and I have talked before, and I think you're chock full of amazing advice just in our conversations. And I wonder, like, what is the one piece of advice that you've leveraged throughout your career that might be helpful for someone else listening to the podcast? Don't be a name on a spreadsheet. You know, don't just, I mean, life is too short just to go through the motions. I mean, so I, I'm the final interview for everyone in my company. And I don't know, I did 300 interviews in the last year and I give people like three pieces of advice. One, work really hard. You can't fake it. The Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule really works. You need to be lucky also, but it works to really learn your business. And, but the most important one to me is if you see something, say something. You have an idea, share the idea. The worst idea, worst thing anyone's ever going to say is, hey, we're not going to do it for this reason. But don't, your name now will be off a spreadsheet. Your name will be in my mind, in my organization. And my advice to my kids, because I have 27-year-old boy, girl, twins, my, my advice always to them is like, don't be a name in, on a spreadsheet. Share your ideas, come up with ideas, be bold. And I think that's like, it's like wisdom to learn to live by. Because 
at the end of our career, if you sit there and go, I never did anything. I never challenged myself. I never tried anything. I was just straight and narrow business-wise the whole way. It's kind of sad. It's great advice. It's great advice. Ben, it's been such an honor having you having you share your thoughts with us today. And I am really enjoying your new book, The Transitioning to Virtual and Hybrid Events, How to Create, Adapt, and Market an Engaging Online Experience. So kudos to you for taking all of that knowledge and putting it into a book and sharing it with the world. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us on the Innovation Engine today. Oh, thank you, Jennifer and Chris. I appreciate it. It was fun. Always good talking to you, Ben. Thanks. This has been an episode of The Innovation Engine, a podcast from Three Pillar Global. If you have questions, comments, or guest suggestions, email us at info at threepillarglobal.com. Three